Well, thank you very much, and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. You are listening to WETF, the Jazz Station, South Bend, Indiana. And thank you for spending a little time this week with the Jazz Focus. Happy to be back with you. And today, we're going to be focusing in on a particular band. And this is one that is not terribly familiar from the big band era. This uh, will prove, I think beyond a shadow of a doubt, that even the the lesser known bands, the B bands, the C bands even, were still uh, very musically talented uh, back in those days. The level of musicianship and um, the capabilities of the arrangers, the soloists, what have you, were all just extraordinarily high. So this band was led by a piano player named Edgar Hayes. Edgar Hayes was a, an African-American piano player who had gone to Wilberforce University. He had uh, started playing in the mid-1920s with a number of different groups. He started making some recordings. He led theater bands, uh, I think in Philadelphia in the early 30s. Uh, and then he joined the Mills Blue Rhythm Band fairly early on. He was actually born in 1902, and uh, in 1931, he joined the Mills Blue Rhythm Band. That was a group that was kind of a placeholder band. Uh, it was run by Irving Mills, as the name might suggest, and it was used as a band to kind of fill in the gaps at the Cotton Club when uh, the, the marquee bands, Duke Ellington's Cotton Club Band and Cab Calloway's Band, were not available when they were on tour or doing something else. And the Mills Blue Rhythm Band uh, sort of kept the seat warm for them. Uh, they did, however, make a long series of recordings uh, all through the 19th 1930s, and Edgar Hayes was a key member of that group from 1931 to 1937, not only as a piano player, but as an arranger. He was a very fine arranger. He did some of the arrangements for his own band, uh, and we'll be talking about that coming up. So he stayed with that band throughout the 30s. Uh, along about 1936-37, uh, it sort of broke up. I'm not sure why or, or, or under what circumstances. I think uh, because the Cotton Club was no longer a, a going concern, uh, that probably their services were not needed anymore, and Irving Mills may have just cut the ties. So Edgar Hayes took several of the members of the band with him to uh, start his own orchestra, and the frontman of the Mills Blue Rhythm Band, Lucky Melinder, continued on with that name and then changed it over to his own name the Lucky Melinda Orchestra, and we'll be probably doing a podcast on that at some time as well. So the first tune that we heard came from uh, March 9th of 1937, and this was right after the breakup of the band, of the Mills Blue Rhythm Band. This was done for the Variety label in New York, and Edgar Hayes and his orchestra featured some uh, previous Mills Blue personnel and some other uh, Harlem uh, journeymen as well. We have Bernie Flood, Henry Goodwin and Shelton Hemphill on trumpet. I think it was Shelton Hemphill who took the trumpet solo on that first solo, Manhattan Jam. Robert Horton, Clyde Bernard, and John Houghton played trombone. I think it was Robert Horton played the trombone solo. He plays most of them on uh, this band. In the alto sax section, we have Stanley Palmer and Al Skerritt. Crawford Wethington played clarinet and also baritone sax. He played some tenor as well. Joe Garland plays tenor sax. He may have been the tenor sax soloist on there, but it's a little difficult to uh, tease out who the tenor soloists are. Joe Garland was not known as a great jazz soloist, but he did quite a few solos. He also plays bass sax in this band, and he is responsible for most of the arrangements for the Edgar Hayes Band, and you can hear his bass sax uh, thumping down below, sometimes in lower octaves below Crawford Wethington's baritone sax. So a lot of uh, deep sounds in this group. Edgar Hayes plays piano. He was a, a, a very gifted piano player, good jazz player, but he was known for uh, later on for some of his filigree work and some of his cocktail piano. We'll talk about that later. Andy Jackson was on guitar, Elmer James on bass, and Kenny Clark, a very young Kenny Clark, on drums. 
and that was Manhattan Jam. We followed that up with the next date, which was May 25th of 1937, and Duke Ellington's Caravan, actually, Juan Tizal's Caravan, and some very good ensemble playing in there, an arrangement that didn't have a lot to do with the Ellington arrangement. There were a couple of quotes, but some really interesting uh, horn voicings. We heard the bass sax in there, a short tenor solo as well. Um, slightly different uh, brass section. Leonard Davis plays uh, lead trumpet here. I think he plays some of the uh, solos as well, but uh, Henry Goodwin from this point on plays most of them. Uh, Bernie Flood on trumpet again. Henry Goodwin, I think, played the solo on Caravan. Uh, we have uh, Robert Horton, Horton, Clyde Bernard, and Joe Britton on trombone. Rudy Powell and Roger Boyd are the alto sax players. Rudy Powell is also the clarinet player in uh, going forward here. And then with Crawford Wethington and Joe Garland as tenor, baritone, and bass sax players. And the same rhythm section. So those two tunes give you an idea of the uh, musical direction of this group. It was very musically uh, adept. It was a very technical band, had some good soloists, and as we will see, some excellent arranger, uh, arrangements by Joe Garland and also probably by Edgar Hayes as well. Uh, some of the musical outlook of this band uh, was similar to that of Jimmy Lunsford, and we've had a couple of podcasts and shows on Jimmy Lunsford in the past. They emphasized more of a two-beat feel with a lot of showmanship and technical expertise, uh, and uh, Edgar Hayes band was kind of mining that same uh, trough as well. So now we're going to go on to uh, roughly chronologically. This band only lasted a few years and uh, has about a CDs and a half worth of material uh, that it released, and we're going to hit some of the better jazz pieces here. We're going to hear now Edgar Steps Out, and obviously that features the piano player, Edgar Hayes. Then we're going to hear Laughing at Life. This is the released version. Uh, all of the recordings that we're going to hear from here on out were done for DECA and sometimes released on the Brunswick label, which had been subsumed by DECA at this point, 1937-38. Uh, Laughing at Life will feature a vocal by Bernard Flood, and uh, we'll also have David Jelly James replacing Joe Britton on trombone. After that, we're going to hear a uh, sort of a, a, a 30s uh, standard, Satan Takes a Holiday, and uh, that has some good orchestral effects as well. This may have been based on a stock arrangement, but uh, has some nice touches, uh, as you will hear. After that, we're going to hear the Barbary Coast Blues, and this is a little unusual. There weren't too many blues that this band did. For that, we're going to jump ahead to January 14th of 1938, roughly the same band in here, and uh, that will feature uh, Erlene Howell on vocal, Erlene Howell. She he had replaced Ruth Ellington, who was the band vocalist for quite a while. Then we're going to finish up uh, that set in uh, a, set that, a session that was done on October 11th, 1937, and a tune called Queen Isabella, which was a follow-up on Christopher Columbus. And we're going to hear some uh, very fine solos all the way around there as well. So those are our five tunes coming up for the Edgar Hayes Orchestra. Edgar Steps Out, Laughing at Life, Satan Takes a Holiday, The Barbary Coast Blues, and Queen Isabella. Thank you. 
place in San Francisco I love the most Where carefree life Free from toil and strife You choose and lose Those real western days Haunt me always Let me go on shouting Keep on singing its praise I just can't refuse Cause I've got those lonesome Barbary Coast
we did get a little taste of the Edgar Hayes Orchestra, a very high quality of musicianship. Some of the uh, commentators on the swing era who've written histories, people like Gunther Schuller and Albert McCarthy, both commented that uh, it was amazing that a band that was so little known and so little remembered could have been so good in its day and uh, on records that really uh, withstand the test of time as well. So we started out with Edgar Steps Out, a feature for the leader, Edgar Hayes, who was a good stride piano player. He was uh, really quite a good musician. As I said, he was an arranger for Mills Blue Rhythm Band. He did some of the arranging, probably uh, collaborated with Joe Garland on many of the tunes uh, that his uh, band, the Edgar Hayes Orchestra, recorded. Uh, a little bit later, after the middle 1940s, he had a couple of hit records we're going to hear actually coming up. But after uh, the hoo-ha died down about that, he ended up relocating to the West Coast and he primarily played uh, cocktail piano, lounge piano, things like that. And he lived into the 1970s, a very, very good and full life, I suppose. Joe Garland also had a similar type of career. He was under the radar. He wasn't a controversial character. He was a good saxophone player. He was born in 1903, and uh, he was active in Harlem by the 1920s. He recorded with Elmer Snowden's band and uh, several other groups before joining uh, the Millsville Rhythm Band, about the time that Edgar Hayes did, a little bit later, a couple of years, I think, and did some of their arrangements as well. By uh, the late 30s, of course, he went with this band, the Edgar Hayes Band, and then a little bit later, he was with Louis Armstrong's band uh, through the 1940s, the mid-40s, before he went to Claude Hopkins and did some one-off things as well. But he's best known as a, an arranger. Uh, we are going to hear a little bit later his arrangement of In the Mood, which was done by this band, Edgar Hayes' band, before Glenn Miller did it. Uh, Garland sold it to Glenn Miller, Glenn Miller chopped it up a little bit, uh, but it's very recognizably the same arrangement. And uh, uh, Garland uh, had a number of other tunes that he was known for, including Leapfrog and oh, several others as well. Very very fine arranger, and uh, makes his presence known mostly in this band, uh, other than his arranging capabilities, by his bass saxophone, which he also played with the Louis Armstrong band. It gave the band a real bottom sound, uh, the horns anyway, and especially with the baritone sax in there as well. Very uh, heavy, but not ponderous sound. A lot of good punch to it. Uh, I believe Garland may have taken the tenor solos that we heard on this set as well. There are a few coming up later where uh, the tenor and the bass sax overlap a little bit, so it obviously could not be he. Gar um, Crawford Weatherington, who is credited as the other tenor player, was not known as a tenor soloist. He did some clarinet and baritone sax, uh, but for the most part, he's just a section player in this band from this point on. So that was Edgar Steps Out from uh, May 25th of 1937. Then we went on to Laughing at Life, which was a second attempt at that arrangement. It had uh, originally been recorded uh, on May 25th of 1937, but it was rejected. Um, it was released uh, sort of accidentally, I guess, and recalled. And then it was re-recorded in July, July 27th of 1937, with a vocal by Bernard Flood, the trumpet player. And we also heard the swing choir, the rest of the band chanting in the background. And that was something that, of course, Tommy Dorsey was famous for, but Don Redmond did quite a lot of. And I have to say, it almost sounded like Don Redmond's voice in there as well. So you have to wonder if maybe he contributed that and uh, was just in the studio at the time. That's a speculation on my part. Then we heard Satan Takes a Holiday, the Larry Clinton tune, which uh, has a lot of uh, similarities to another Larry Clinton tune called the Dipsy Doodle. Uh, but that was mostly a band tune, although at the very end you could hear some vibraphone playing by Kenny Clark, the drummer, who was quite young at the time, and of course came to be known as uh, one of the founding members of the Bebop School, and also one of the charter members of the Modern Jazz Quartet a little bit later. 
So after Satan Takes a Holiday, we went to the Barbary Coast Blues, which was a little bit later recording, not too much, from January 14th of 1938. That tune was written by Spencer Williams, and here it was sung by Erlene Howell. Uh, we heard some very good Henry Goodwin on trumpet, uh, Robert Horton on trombone on several of these tunes, and uh, here and there we've heard some Rudy Powell on clarinet. He was never a famous musician, but he did a lot of session work in the 1930s. He played with this band. He was actually featured in a small group out of this band, uh, we heard uh, that group that recorded under Kenny Clark's name on a show called In the Middle from a few weeks ago, and they also did some quintet recordings under Edgar Hayes' name that, frankly, are not all that impressive, so I'm not going to include those. Uh, Powell later went on to play a lot of mainstream sessions in the 50s and 60s, including a lot with his good friend Jimmy Rushing. They were very close, and whenever Rushing had a session uh, or a recording session, he usually used Rudy Powell. So after the Barbary Coast Blues, we finished up with a Chewberry tune called Queen Isabella, which was meant to follow up on the success of Christopher Columbus. And again, we heard a very fine tenor solo. We heard some great bass sax at the very end, uh, anchoring the ensemble. And we heard uh, Henry Goodwin in there, too. So this is the Edgar Hayes Orchestra, and uh, we're going to play a few more tunes. We're going to play uh, the tune that followed Queen Isabella on the October 11th, 1937 session. I should mention all these were done in New York. This tune is a Johnny Mercer tune, a very early one, called Old King Cole, and it will feature a vocal by Bill Darnell. Uh, kind of a good time vocal, but a good uh, jazzy tune as well. After that, we're going to jump over to that, uh, actually to February 17th of 1938, and we're going to hear a tune called Without You that was composed and sung by the trombone player Clyde Bernard. I think he also might have done the solo one here as well. He came to be known as a, as a good mainstream and blues trombone player a little bit later, and also as a singer. He toured late in life with the Harlem Blues and Jazz Band, but he had some minor R&B successes in the 1950s. After uh, Without You, we're going to hear one of the, the features of the band, one of the showpieces from January of 1938. We're going to hear Meet the Band, in which we'll get to hear solos by quite a few of the members. Then we're going to hear a very slow version of a tune called Sophisticated Swing. That tune was written by Will Hudson and Mitchell Parrish. Mitchell Parrish did the uh, lyrics, which we're not going to hear on this one, but Will Hudson, who was responsible for a lot of flag wavers and up-tempo tunes uh, that he often played with his band, the Hudson DeLange Band, uh, did this tune, which is here taken quite slowly, and very, very interesting uh, version of this tune. Then we're going to finish up that uh, set that we're doing, of five tunes, with Swingin' in the Promised Land, another one from January 14th of 1938. And this was one of their showpieces as well. Clyde Bernard, in his autobiography, talked about how this band had was able to run a lot better-known bands off the bandstand by playing a sequence of these tunes. Uh, things like Meet the Band and Swingin' in the Promised Land were ones that he specified. Uh, so we'll get a sense of how this band might have sounded in person. So this is the Edgar Hayes Orchestra, and we're going to hear Old King Cole, Without You, Meet the Band, Sophisticated Swing, and Swingin' in the Promised Land.
was a merry old soul And the old boy loved to have his fling Oh, King Cole was a merry old soul But he waved his scepter with a swing He called for his pipe to kick the gong around He called for his bowl of TNT And he always liked to have a song around So he called for his fiddlers three And they all went out on a spree Oh, King Cole was the merry old soul That's all as far as I can see But because he had his fling And because he liked to swing He went down in history So perhaps there's a chance for me Cause you want my mind I stay worried all the time When I'm without you Just say you love me And be mine Just keep on loving Me all the time, time, time Now be just like the stars above Then I know it must be love You the one I'm thinking of When I'm without you
just like the stars above Then I know it must be love You're the one I'm thinking of When I'm without you When I'm without you
So that was the Edgar Hayes Orchestra. Uh, really interesting band that by uh, about a year into its recording history was starting to find its own sound, but never really took off after that. They uh, continued on for a few years, but uh, the actual recording life of this version of the band was only just about a year. It started, as I said, in January of 1937. We're going to finish up with two tunes from February of 1938. Uh, Did go a little bit beyond that, but not really. Uh, Edgar Hayes, as I said, made some other recordings in the 40s as a piano soloist, also with some small bluesier groups, but uh, unfortunately the band just didn't continue. So we started out with Old King Cole, featuring a vocal by Bill Darnell. Uh, Very good jazzy performance, a lot of solos in there, had some nice Henry Goodwin on trumpet, heard some bass sax coming in and out. I think it was uh, Joe Garland also playing the tenor sax solos that we heard on this set. Uh, We heard some very good clarinet by Rudy Powell, played that kind of hoarse, uh, buzzy sound of clarinet using growls and things like that, along with uh, some tom-tom accompaniment, or some drum accompaniment, I should say, by Kenny Clark. After that, we went to Without You, that tune written by, sung by, and played by Clyde Bernard. He did have a very bluesy voice. He was compared uh, sometimes to Jimmy Rushing with the um, Count Basie band, and he had a similar type of delivery. Uh, in his autobiography that I mentioned, Bernard said that he started singing when he was playing with King Oliver's band in the early, early 1930s, and Oliver said he sounded like Jimmy Rushing, who was then known for his recordings with Benny Moten. So the comparison is not uh, without merit, I don't think. And you also heard some good trombone by Clyde Bernard as well. All the other trombone solos, as far as we know, were by Robert Horton, and we heard several more uh, in this set, mostly muted. Then we heard Meet the Band, that had a succession of soloists, Rudy Powell again, also some bass sax in there. Then that very slow, bluesy, uh, introspective version of Sophisticated Swing by Will Hudson. Interesting performance of that. And then we finished up with that rousing Swingin' in the Promised Land, uh, which was a tune that was credited to Edgar Hayes. He possibly did the arrangement as well. So those were our tunes for the Edgar Hayes Orchestra from 1937-1938. So we're going to be finishing up with the two tunes that uh, this band was best known for. It was their hit recordings, which came on one of their last dates, I think just about their last date, February 17th of 1938. And uh, it uh, featured uh, two tunes that were, of course, very well known. First, we're going to hear Stardust. And this was commercially Edgar Hayes' best uh, or most popular recording. He continued playing this for the rest of his life as his theme song. He even had a band a little bit later called the Starlighters. And so we'll hear a band arrangement of this, but really featuring his kind of uh, filigree piano, uh, almost in the style of Eddie Haywood, uh, who came up a little bit later. But uh, this was very popular in its day. And then we're going to finish up with a Joe Garland arrangement of a Joe Garland composition called In the Mood that I mentioned earlier. And this should sound familiar. Uh, The main theme of In the Mood was used in many, many different tunes. Wingy Minone had a song called Tar Paper Stomp, and Fletcher Henderson, or actually Horace Henderson, had a tune called Hot and Anxious that used the same basic theme. But this is clearly uh, the arrangement that Glenn Miller later went on to make a hit recording of, and he took it from uh, Joe Garland's uh, manuscript and uh, edited it down a little bit. Artie Shaw also uh, had this arrangement. He didn't record it commercially because it was too long. He uh, would have had to put it on two sides of a 78, and he didn't want to do that. But we can very clearly hear that this is the genesis of the Glenn Miller version here in the Edgar Hayes Orchestra. A couple of different uh, orders of strains and things like that, and we have that bass sax uh, chugging away underneath, which really gave a lot of of color to this orchestra's sound. And so 
leave you with that. So, you've been listening to The Jazz Focus here on WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. Hope you've enjoyed this program. My name is John Clark, and do make a habit of checking in. Uh, we are here every week, and also you can hear some of the older programs as well as other things that I've done on my podcast, The Jazz Focus, which is uh, on Anchor.fm, but you can hear it on Spotify and Apple as well. So hope to hear from you and uh, enjoy these tracks. The Edgar Hayes Orchestra with Stardust and In the Mood. Thank you.